Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Hello, and welcome to today's episode on the Become Fire podcast. This is Brother Paul. I will be hosting. I'm here with the esteemed priest, Father Peter Teresa. Hello, hello. And Father Anthony Tinker. <laughs> I'm all steamed up, I guess. Yes, yes. <laughs> we are esteemed. We are Not esteemed, but esteemed. I yes, hilarious. Yes. I love it. And with these antics, don't forget to subscribe and like on all <laughs> podcast platforms. Yes. And share uh, share with people. Uh, interesting, even people you might not know. I mean, yeah. people would tell me, you guys have a podcast? All right. All, it's like, so, you know, people, and, and people who want to listen to it, I'm like, oh, I didn't even know this existed. I love it. So please share share with your friends. And not just like, hey, they have one, but also like the actual, like how they can share the link. It, the link to it. Yes. Send whatever it is you send to share a podcast. Yes, yes. No, we you, we had a guy start coming to uh, one of the masses. Yeah, because he started listening to the podcast, and then he was able to. Find he met Father Anthony. Anthony. He yeah, met he's his- like, hey, these. I listened to the podcast, heard about you guys, saw where you were, realized I could come, came to mass, and I love it. So yeah, you never know what the Lord's going to do yeah, through the uh, through the podcasts. Amen. Awesome. So we are are continuing our series on encountering the Lord on the mountaintop. I was gone last week, but you guys went over. We went over uh, Elijah. Elijah. Okay. Not the good deacon, but the Old Testament prophet. Okay. Okay. And then this week we have the transfiguration, mm-hmm. which I would argue, at least for myself, is one of the, the most glorious moments on the mountaintop. It's a luminous mystery indeed. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. Well, everything's everything we've done has been preparing for this moment. Last mm, time yes. when we did the storms, we just started with Jesus mm-hmm. and moved back to Jonah. And this time we started with the precursors, Moses and Elijah, to get to our point where we're talking about Moses and Elijah and Jesus, the one we're looking to encounter on yeah. the mountaintop. So it's that we really kind of we're setting the stage for this, for this beautiful moment. I'm going to just keep climbing mountains and setting the stage to meet the Lord. Yeah, so I don't know how we want to dive into this, but I guess just maybe like a brief synopsis of the account. Like, what is the transfiguration? Like, what's the, what's the scriptures telling us about it? I don't know if one of the two of you want to take it away. Yeah, I'll just read uh, the beginning of St. Luke's account. Now, about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James, and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep. But since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. 
listened to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent, and in those days told no one any of the things they had seen. It's such a conf- it's a beautiful passage, but there's so much to unpack. Mm-hmm. I guess I would just throw with the question: What's the significance of even just the beginning that it's Jesus who took him up the mountain? This idea that like we kind of find ourselves in the storms, but then like how do we actually find ourselves on on the mountaintop to encounter the Lord? Yeah, and on the eighth day. Because the eighth day for a Christian symbolizes the day of resurrection, hmm. right? The creation was made on seven days, and this is the eighth day, that it was the day yeah. after the Sabbath. So uh, Jesus dies on a Friday, the Sabbath day is a Saturday, and on Sunday he rises, the first day of the week, the eighth day. So this is very much this resurrection encounter, hmm. this encounter with the risen Lord, um, even though he's not risen yet. And, and it's Jesus, he, uh, is it Brother Paul, he said, is he leading them up the mountain? Jesus leading to this encounter, the encounter of him when he's going to experience the glorification of his body, experience the the, the precursor of the resurrection, um, and and it's Jesus who has to lead us up the mountains and and up a mountain, it, not just you know, hey, an easy path, you know, with no thorn bushes and no problems, and it's a short path. It's no, it's a hard, arduous journey up a mountain that they have to be willing to climb. They have to be willing to be led by Jesus. They have to be willing to follow Jesus up the path and. Uh, I, I we'll talk about it a little later, but pointing out like they had to stay awake, you know, that there's <laughs> like they had yeah. to go through the journey. They had to endure. They had to stay awake. There's a lot of things that required their participation, what the Lord wanted to do. So Jesus had the desire the whole time to lead them up and have experienced this glory. But they're the ones who have to enter into what the Lord wants to do. But it's not an easy path. It's a high mountain being led by the Lord. We see. In the different Gospels, and in Luke's Gospel in particular, where Jesus is quite frequently going away by himself to pray. Uh, and so, you know, there's sometimes what they're, what they're looking for. Him. We can even think back to our, our storm series where he sends them to cross the, the boat and he goes up on the mountain to pray. And, and now we have this story where, where he's going away to pray, but now he invites Peter, James, and John with him. Um, and so I can just imagine... You know, maybe what their response, what their reaction was, were like, hey, we, we get to come with you this time? Like, oh, okay. Like, usually you're, you're going off to do this by yourself, but now you're inviting us and and you're inviting just the three of us. And, and Matthew and Mark kind of make it explicit that, you know, they, they go out by themselves uh, and, and, and they are alone with him. And there's this this unique special invitation for, for Peter, James, and John. And Jesus is, is inviting them into something it's really kind of personal. Uh, this is a very, very special, very unique that, that this is something that Jesus typically did by himself. And now he's inviting them into this with him. And so I just think there's, there's great, great significance to just the, the, the unique invitation of, 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 of singling someone out to, okay, I'm going to go now share this with you that, that, you know, leading up to this, you guys have proven yourselves maybe trustworthy, uh, uh, to be brought into this confidence or, or you're, you're now ready for a deepening of our relationship. So I'm, I'm going to now invite you and lead you into something that, that is, is important and near and dear to my heart. No, it's also, especially, I would say, if we can kind of correlate this into our own lives too, that there's moments where the Lord wants to take us up the mountain. And just like Peter, James, and John, like we have to respond to that where, 
you know, imagine there's times where at least I know for sure there's times where I like I'm sitting down, I'm maybe like reading a book or maybe like want to like do something with the brothers and I feel kind of a tug on my heart. And I'm like, oh, like I should go pray, but I don't really want to. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, but the times that I do, the times when I do feel yeah. like that tug, that invitation into something more and, and I respond to it, there is usually, there's normally a blessing, a word the Lord wants to speak, uh, a consolation, or even just time to be with him. Mm-hmm. To say that, like, that's the same thing for all of us. That the Lord, there's, there's moments of invitation, those moments to go to the mountaintop and to be receptive to those and to respond to those. And then uh, just following it along, I mean, then all they see the Lord and his appearance changes. And uh, and then if you guys want to just touch on any of that, or, or what does it mean that Moses and Elijah are there, um, that they appeared in glory with him? Yeah, funny, because Luke gives us this detail. It's while he was praying, so mm-hmm. it, the, about the prayer. Like Jesus is going to pray, and so Peter, James, and John are invited into this moment between he and the Father. So just invited into this, as Father Peter is alluding to this, that, that the Father and the Son are about to connect. And as the Father and the Son connect, you know, and the Holy Spirit is, is present as the love between the Father and the Son, it's this intimate moment that Peter, James, and John are inviting into it. And even our prayer, it's it's in many ways with the un- inexpressible groanings of the Holy Spirit. Like we're just invited into this prayer, this this of Trinitarian union mm. with with the fa- between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that we just enter into and we become a part of as the body of Christ. And, and in that, as Jesus is praying, he transforms, and that his face becomes white. Um, his clothes become uh, his fo- clothes become white. Um, that he's transfigured, and you wonder is this, is this what happens every time he goes up on the Like this one experience of what happened. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, this happens every time. You just guys just invited into it, so yeah. you know kind of how what what me and the Father's prayer is like. That's that I'm transformed in the Father, like like that everything changes as I just go and stand in union with with the Father, um, and then two that that this 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 beauty of Again, we talked about experiencing the resurrection. That, that in a sense, it's his resurrected body, the experience of what he's about to, the transfigured, transformed, changed, is about to occur in him completely and totally through the cross um, and through mm. resurrection. He's experiencing that even now in that transformation. It's just white, white's a sign of that. The sin's going to be wiped away. Sin's going to be wiped away from the face of the, the darkness, mm. the blackness, original sin. Baptism is, is going to be, be the gift that, that in one sense already been pre they've had the precursor of that in his own baptism, but it's going to find its, its fulfillment in the passion, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ for what it's going to mean for the church and the body of Christ. It's, it's so wild. So he goes up, he, he transfigures, he's just like dazzling white. His face changes, his clothes are shining. There's this, the, he's manifesting his, his union with the father and the Holy spirit, but then also Moses and Elijah are there these men who have have you know been preparing the way for Jesus to come through Moses the law and Elijah the prophets you know these prefigurements preparing God's people for the revelation of Jesus and now and now here Jesus is with them on the mountain and he has you know Jesus God met Moses on the mountain in, in kind of veiled ways, and he met Elijah on the mountain in a veiled way, and and now they're now they're meeting him again on the mountain, and it's not veiled. Uh, they get to see the one whom they were longing to see, you know, transfigured before them. But I also find it so interesting that Luke tells us that they're talking about, you know, what he's going to then accomplish at Jerusalem. And 
and so, you know, I think part of the transfiguration is, is to prepare Peter, James, and John, his closest friends and disciples, uh, their hearts for the scandal that they're about to endure, that he's giving them this mountaintop ex- experience. He's, he's showing them his glory, showing them his divinity. It's just bursting through, shining through. The, the, the Moses and Elijah are there, but, but what they're talking about is the cross. Um, what they're talking about is how uh, that would, you know, uh, the gospel of John tells us that, that Jesus' glorification happens on the cross and it doesn't look like at it at all. And, and this is not where Jesus is glorified, but it's on the cross that he's going to be glorified on, on another mountain. And so it's all just kind of wrapped up in there, this, this intimacy with God, the glory of God, but then also, you know, God's plan and, 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 and how then he is going to have to, to, to suffer and how that's going to be so hard, so hard for them in the future. And it's going to scandalize them and confuse them and confound them. And he's just giving them this little taste to, to prepare their hearts for it. That's beautiful. And then kind of the next passage, you've already alluded to it, Father Anthony, that I also find very mm. maybe amusing or <laughs> confusing at the same time that, because we're just talking about how, how, how amazing this is that even that the Lord has invited them onto the mountaintop, that he's just performed a miracle where he's dazzling white. Mm-hmm. There's two dead figures who are now talking to him <laughs> and Peter, James and John can't, can barely stay awake. <laughs> so, yeah. so what is this telling us? What does this mean? Well, and, and, and eventually line since they stayed awake, mm-hmm. like if they'd yes. fallen asleep, they would have missed it. But there's something about their persevering, uh, one, yeah, um, <laughs> the difficulties of the flesh, you know, yeah. yes, we're always yes. at war with the flesh. The flesh, he said, I, sometimes I just don't want to pray. Like sometimes I just have like, and, and not just, I, I think we have to recognize that that sleep in the Bible is not always physical sleep. Yeah. Oftentimes it's mm. spiritual sleep. Um, the Lord's like, stay awake. You know, mm-hmm. if, what if the master comes in the third or fourth watch of the night? Stay awake. Well, does that mean you can never go to sleep? No, it means you need to spiritually be awake at all times for you never know when the Lord's going to come. And, and, and the question is, they've become spiritually drowsy. They've become, and we'll see the, them fall. We'll see them fall uh, at the agony of the garden and actually fall asleep, not be spiritually ready. And then we'll see Peter spiritually asleep and then deny the Lord. In that moment, he wasn't physically asleep, but he was spiritually sleeping and ends up denying Jesus. And so this cold to stay spiritually awake, that were they actually physically tired? Now, very possibly, it was a higher climb up a mountain, but in the middle of this moment, it, it, they're spiritually deadened to the reality of the cross. So they're speaking, Moses and Elijah come, they're speaking mm. to the cross, and they're spiritually not alert and awake to recognize the importance of it. And because they're not ready for it, um, they might miss the meaning of it all. Um, and they end up that ends up happening in a sense of the cross itself. Now, luckily, uh, thanks to the Lord's mercy and, and their perseverance, they end up recognize the resurrection and, and all the story. The story ends, you know, well for the three of them. But in in that moment, except for John, like they all run away, they all yeah. fall because they're not spiritually ready. And so we can have these mountaintop experiences to prepare us for the cross. But if we're not spiritually awake and attuned, let the Lord speak to us, as Brother Paul says, taking those moments to to respond. Because the Lord says, come and pray. And you're like, oh, I don't want to. And then we say, I don't want to. And then we miss, you know, the big moments and we fall and we fail. We're like, why did that happen? Well, what little moments did you miss along the way to prepare you when you weren't spiritually awake? And so that moment came and you were still just spiritually asleep. Because we have to be spiritually awake and attuned to the Lord, responding to prayer in the, all the, the little moments of our life to get ready and prepare for the big moments. 
I, I'm I'm curious now that that the detail about them like sleeping and it's something I, I've kind of maybe just glossed over. I've looked at other gospel accounts of it, but that is such an interesting detail that Luke gives us. And we know that uh, the Lord kept vigils. The Lord did vigils. Uh, you know, He's praying at night, and so. For me, it just kind of paints this picture of, and even just kind of going over, you were saying with like, there's resurrection motifs here where I wonder if they, the previous day they hiked up the mountain, then they're praying with the Lord all night. You know, they've just did a hard hike. They've been trying to pray with him all night. And now maybe it's about the break of day. Um, Because if he transfigures in the middle of the night, people might be like, hey, what was that light (laughs) on the mountain? You know what I mean? But like, I wonder if now like the sun is rising. It's like a resurrection moment. He's going to reveal his glory. You know, they've just stayed up with him all night. They're drowsy. They're weighed down with sleep. And then suddenly, as Luke tells us, like, there's this moment and... And so it just kind of just goes to show that like there is there is perseverance that is needed um, in, in, in our spiritual lives and and to meet the Lord on the mountain to that we have to go up and then we have to to persevere in prayer. Perhaps we're we're trudging along in seasons of prayer where it's it's hard, it's dry. We go to the chapel, we're, we're falling asleep, but but to really just to earnestly and honestly like just do our best to to be present to the lord because we never know when that suddenly is going to happen and he's just going to transfigure before us um and then it also makes what's going to happen on on holy thursday like all the more tragic where where these guys have already had the experience of persevering in prayer with the lord and something amazing happened and then on the hour that the lord needs them the most like they can't stay awake you know, and they know, they know if I just stay awake, like something amazing could happen with Jesus on the mountain. And so I think the glory of this just makes the, 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 their inability to do it later on, on Holy Thursday night, all the more sad. But, um, but yeah, I just get the sense of like, you know, it's, it's about the break of day. It's this resurrection moment and Jesus is revealing it to them and, and and they persevered through it, and they got to participate in this this amazing moment with the Lord. No, most certainly, and especially even if it's not vigils, like there's a lot of times where the Lord will give us a cross in our lives, and like it does take like perseverance. Mm-hmm. And even like in my, I could just kind of think of my own life too. That you know, for a long time I was away from the faith, and you know, I just even met with a lady in Flagstaff, and she's like, "Oh, I remember you. Like your brother told me to pray for you." And like, however many years, like these wow, people had to yeah. persevere in prayer. Um, and then I have this conversion experience. And I'm sure each and every one of you have moments like that in your own lives with situations. And it's kind of that same thing where the, 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 the transfiguration can't happen. Um, it's really look at it with the eyes of faith, even if it is, does seem you're just on this kind of barren mountain. And uh, all, all Jesus seems to be doing is having his eyes closed with his eyes towards heaven. And it's like, hey, why aren't you doing something more? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. To recognize, well, no, he is. And like, and he could reveal his glory at any moment. And just really that, that call to persevere in those moments of struggle and strife, knowing that the Lord does have the last word, that he does Amen. provide the victory. Amen. And then we have Peter who says, let's <laughs> let's hang out here for a while. Yes. <laughs> man, My don't man. we all? You know, there it is. Yes. Yes. It's the, hey, this is the moment I've been waiting for. I persevered all night. We had the suffering of climbing up the mountain. Things have always been, always, always been going well, but... I feel such peace. I feel such joy. Prayer is so consoling right now. Let's build the tents. Let's just stay here. Why go back? Let's just live in the beauty of this moment. And that's just not our spiritual lives. 
our spiritual mm-hmm. lives um, is made of mountains and valleys. It's made of sufferings and blessings. And oftentimes we just want to, you know, stay in the in those blessing moments, which is understandable. But God won't let us build a dwelling there. He won't let us just live in that place. We have to go like Mother Teresa in those dark nights of the soul. We have yeah. to go through the trials and the tribulations and the sufferings and the crosses because the cross is coming. Moses and Elijah have just said it. Hey, we're going to the cross. And Peter's like, no, no. again, every time Peter's like, <laughs> like we, he's already been rebuked and called Satan. Uh, yeah, Get yeah. behind me, Satan, because he said, hey, no, Jesus, you don't have to go to the cross. Mm-hmm. And now again, Moses and Elijah have been talking about the cross. No, let's just build dwellings and stay here. <laughs> we're just gonna let's stay not here. go to Jerusalem. Let's not deal with the cross. Let's yeah. just hang out here. And, and oftentimes we do that in our own lives. Like, I'm just, I'm going to stay on the mountains and, and not and, and, and not go to the valleys, not go to the crosses. And the Lord doesn't allow that to happen because the cross itself is on a mountain. Mm-hmm. And, and we can lose track of that oftentimes and think, mm-hmm. well, we just, our transfiguration moments are the highs and the this valley, the shadow of death, the lows. And God's like, well, no, the cross was on a mountain because yeah. that's where you encounter me as well. You encounter me in the sufferings. You encounter me uh, in the crosses of life. And so he's not going to, listen to to or heed Peter's word that says, let's just stay in this high. Let's stay in this peaceful, joyful resurrection place. Uh, he's going to say, no, I have to go down the mountain and go back to the cross. Yeah. I love how, how Luke tells us, you know, he, he didn't even know what he was saying, not knowing what he said. He's like, this is great. Let's just stay here. Build three tents for you, Moses and Elijah. And he does, he's no idea what he's talking about. He, he doesn't even know what he's saying. He's just, he's just overwhelmed and overcome with just the, the excitement the, the glory of it. And, and then even as, as he's saying it, you know, this, this cloud comes upon them and, and now they're terrified. <laughs> you know, there, there's this moment of, of revelation, of glory, of excitement. This is amazing. And then they get, he gets drawn into this cloud and, and it's, and it's, he's overshadowed by it and, 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 and they're terrified uh, by it. And, and so, yeah, like you were saying, like, we're not going to stay in the mountain. You know, there are, there are other mountains that, that we have to go to. And, and this is one mountain, but there's other mountains that, that we're going to climb. Um, and we're going to reveal other things to, of, of, my, of who I am to, to all of you. I also wonder if, if there's a, a, even there's like a good desire that Peter has yeah. to want to be with the Lord, um, to want to be on the mountaintop with him. And so this is maybe speculating. But I also wonder if if that's also one of the reasons they get to hear the Father's voice, hmm. or like the desire he has, like just to be with the Lord, to be close to Him. And then in Matthew's account, it says that you know when they heard this, knowing that they actually heard the voice that thunders, and like and recognizing that Peter might not have been ready for even what he was asking for because he was terrified by it, but but just this desire. Um, to be with him. And then he does get this tremendous revelation that we take for granted, you know, like pray to the father, you know, Jesus came that he would reveal the father, but the, the disciples are working this out. Like the idea of a triune God, it's something that like, maybe there's like hints of it. And obviously Peter gets his own revelation of it, but uh, we just kind of take it as like second nature, hmm. but then to hear like God speak, like, this is my son to like, hear the voice of the father, like, like that they're the first people to hear that. Like, I don't know if it's yeah. ever at like, like there's something so profound in that revelation uh, that the three of them get to experience in that. And I do wonder if a part of it is like this desire of Peter, you know, the, the one the Lord has chosen to lead his disciples. And even though it's imperfect, the Lord still like in a sense honors it with mm-hmm. like this tremendous revelation of who God is. Mm-hmm. And they're overcome by fear. 
We've talked about that before with our storm experiences, that the response to, so the father speaks three times in the gospels. Uh, the first time is at the baptism. He says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Mm-hmm. In transfiguration, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. And then uh, in John, right before uh, his, uh, his last supper, he's going to say, I've glorified, Jesus talking about what am I supposed to, like, what am I supposed to do? I've got to go to the cross and basically like, glor- Father, glorify your name. And here the father speak, I have glorified it and will glorify it again. Um, that each time he's, he's, he's revealing these importance of who Jesus is. Jesus is the one who's well-pleased with, we're called to listen to, and who's glorifying the Father's name. And, and, and it's overwhelming, and, and these guys are afraid. They're one because the voice of the Father, but just overcome by the truth of, of the call to listen to Jesus because we don't want to in our own flesh. Yeah. We want to do our own thing. We want to follow our own pride. We want to follow our sin. We want to do what our flesh wants. And, and the call of the Father is listen to Jesus. It's what's best. I'm well pleased in him, and my name will be glorified if you just listen to Jesus. So read your Bible, listen to the Lord, listen to Jesus, and follow him. Listen to the church. Like she knows what she's talking about. Um, avoid sin because this is where the father's glorified. There is something about the supernatural that is, is, is terrifying in a good sense. You know, we're so used to just experiencing things naturally. And then, you know, uh, I think if I were in the chapel tonight and you came in and you couldn't see me because I was surrounded by a cloud and there was this voice booming from the tabernacle, I think you would be a little terrified of what was happening. I'm going to close the door now. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so, you know, I think it's just we can never lose sight of of just God's majesty, of God's grandeur, um, of of God's goodness, of of God's glory. Like it's like like Peter doesn't even know what he's saying. And it's just so overwhelming and, and just, just who God is and allowing ourselves just to meditate upon just the utter transcendence and just the, the magnificence and, and just the grandeur of this God who made us and loved us and, and, and is working out our salvation. And then even kind of take the flip of what, what Father Anthony was saying about how we don't want to listen to God. That, that's yeah. most certainly true in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's also that the Lord will also take these moments to prepare us for the hard thing. And so Mm. who knows if John goes to the cross without the transfiguration, Mm -hmm. Um, that there's these moments where the Lord will strengthen you, uh, grow you in trust and conviction to actually then be able to do the hard thing. And so it is important, uh, just like we have three different accounts of the transfiguration, that you have your own story with the Lord. And uh, those transfiguration moments in your own life, those are really important things to look back on and be, well, he, he really showed himself to me in this moment. Um, that can get me through this moment is to kind of to call those to mind and yes. to, to let it to let those moments strengthen in your walk with the Lord. So I don't mm-hmm. know if there's any other final comments and we'll, we'll I, I, yeah, there's just something that's a fascinating in Romans chapter 12, we're called to be transformed, the renewal of our mind. Mm. And that, that's the exact same word, Greek word for transfiguration. So we're called to be uh, transfigured, be transformed by the transfiguration of our mind. That there's this putting on the heavenly mindset, this transformation needs to happen in our mindset. How we think is what's actually going to lead us to to living out the gospel in a deeper way. So this transfiguration is an important theme that St. Paul plays with in Romans. Yeah. Talk about the importance of starting to think of that our home, true home is in heaven. And that's, that's where things are transformed. Amen. 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 All right, Brother Paul. Um, we are on a question series right now. And Wonderful! You have we're having yeah, dinners with people. Um, Who was your first guest? His first Pope guest Benedict. was Pope Benedict oh, that's the Sixteenth. Right. That's right. Um, and so that was your historical figure. Yes. Um, you can now have you have another dinner 
uh, with or coffee, whatever you prefer, uh, and having sit down. Depends talk, on the guest. It depends on the guest with um, someone who's alive who you know, someone who's alive who you don't know, and a saint. Those are three. Um, you know, it's a fictional character at the end just for fun. But of those three, which is the person who you are next going to have dinner with or have coffee so with? So it's someone who's alive who I know. Yep. Or someone who's alive who you don't know. I'm going to go I'm gonna go with Bishop Olmstead. Yeah. Just go, go grab a... Uh, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's hard. Like a dinner, it, you know? I took my answer. He's, he's still in every, mm-hmm. I, had, I had three people on my list because I didn't know who you two were going to pick, so... That one's checked. Okay, yes, yes. yes. Um, He's a high. Okay, tell, tell so me. So, Bishop, if t- you're listening, anytime, <laughs> anytime, totally open to it. So, tell me about what, what, Tell me some of the things you would talk about, what we'd ask, what would that be, what would it be like for you? I think just hearing more of his story would, would be really fascinating. Because mm-hmm. you get, so I've, you talk to him a little bit, you get snippets and homilies, but you, what was it like growing up in Nebraska? Uh, he's kind of always been this man of faith, and it kind of seems like he always assumed he'd be kind of this country priest. And then he ends up being like a secretary to like John Paul II, becomes a bishop of this massive landmass in the Southwest. Mm-hmm. And uh, so just hearing more of his story, I'd love to hear some like, what was JP2 like? Mm-hmm. You know, how did, what was, even like, what was his cadence like? What was like some of the like figures of speech that he would regularly use? Like, it would just be fascinating to kind of pick his brain about his time in Rome. And, yeah. and then what was it like? What was it like getting named a bishop? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, because in my opinion, you did a great job in Phoenix. Like, this is, this is, <laughs> I, I was called Phoenix the Promised Land. So, yeah, yeah, how, how did you make it the Promised Land? You know, Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Praise God. Also, well, Father Peter Teresa, could you close us in a prayer? Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, the mystery of your transfiguration. Thank you for this revelation, uh, Lord, and we and we know and believe that that you are the Son of the Father, uh, His beloved, His chosen. We ask you to just give us the grace uh, that we might listen to you. We might listen to your word, that we might not be afraid to to follow you up the mountain, to, to go where you are leading us, uh, to receive the, the revelation that you would give us. Um, we just ask you to give us the strength to, to persevere so that we might have uh, more intimate encounters with you in the mountains of our hearts. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. May the blessing of Almighty God come upon all of you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith/give. That's becomefire.faith/give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.